Welcome to Calvary Live. We are so glad you could join us through our podcast. Here at Calvary, we want you to live life at the highest level through a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope today's message will be an encouragement. All right, guys, let's turn on our Bibles to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1, I'm going to continue my series I began last week, Fresh Fire. How many say, Pastor, I'm ready for some fresh fire in my life? You'd say amen. A renewing, a refreshing. I want to share my subtitle today in this series is Reignite the Flame. Come on. How many can say amen to that? God, in my spiritual journey, I don't want to live cold. How many heard what I just said? I don't want to live cold. I want to live hot. How many would say that? And my love for the Lord. That's biblical. Come on. Let me see. You're going to do this one more time. I don't want to live cold. I want to live hot. I want to live hot. I want to reignite the flame. You know, I could take some time about some marriages here and say there's some romance that needs to be reignited. Some of you men need to remember what you did to get her if you want to keep her. It's a low crowd here today, I can tell. Come on. You're slow, but you're going to get there. Come on. We need to reignite some things. Come on. My goodness. Can you say it in church? You guys might need some steroid help. You might need some roses and a little berry white. But anyway, I don't know. But just anyway, let's move on down. We need to reignite some things. We need to reignite the flame in our journey with Jesus. Can you say amen to that? That's exciting. Lord, we want to reignite it. Well, last week, we celebrated the birthday of the church. It was exciting to see where we began, how we began, what our DNA is like, what what God did to launch his church. But we're not just looking at it from a historical perspective. We're understanding that that is available to the church today. So just a real quick backup. Let's go to Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse number 1. This is the declaration Jesus gave the disciples before he ascended back to heaven. After dying on the cross and being resurrected on the third day, this we find the marching orders that set up Acts 2, Acts 1 and verse 1. In my former book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus, look at this word, began to do and teach. The legacy of the church is that we have never been put here to just talk about what he did and hold on till we get to heaven. Everybody with me? We are to continue what he began to do. How do we do that? That's the essence of what we're hearing in Fresh Fire, okay? In my former book, I wrote about all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After his suffering, the cross, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and spoke about the kingdom of God. Watch this. On one occasion, while he was eating with them, he gave them this. How many know what a command is? You understand what a command is? Anybody been in the military? Did your sergeant ever give you a suggestion? A command is expected to be carried out. This is the command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my father promised, which you've heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, 
But in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Now, we read that Jesus is the baptizer in the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They said, are we get an earthly kingdom now? Are you going to run the Romans out now? Listen to me, church. Are we going to play politics now? Are you going to get into politics now? Are you going to get into earthly governments now? He's, what did he say? He says, uh, it's not for you to know the times or the dates of Father set by his own authority. He said, this is what you guys need to be paying attention to then and now. He said, but you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And then you'll be my witnesses. Where? In Jerusalem. That's where you live, in North Alabama. In Judea, in Alabama. In Samaria, to America. And to the ends of the earth. That's why we do kingdom building. So that's what he told them. So 120 of them did what he said. And 10 days later, in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. You know what happened? A crowd gathered. They said, what does this mean? Peter stood up and said, this is a prophecy of Joel chapter 2. God said, in the last days, I will pour my spirit out on all people. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will have vision on your sons and daughters. I will pour out my spirit and they will prophesy. Then Peter preached. Then he gave an altar call. Then 3,000 people got saved and they baptized them. It was an amazing day, the birthday of the church. That is not something, listen to me, our job today as the church in 2021, my responsibility as a pastor and a leader in the kingdom of God, the, 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 mis, the ministry of the church, listen to me, we are not curators of a religious museum walking a generation down memory lane. We are rather the born again, spirit filled body of Christ representing Jesus in everything he said and everything he did and every pattern he established we need fresh fire we need the same fire that was in that upper room you have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit again today we need fresh fire we need to reignite the flame. You see, how do we do? We are seeking the presence of God. We are receiving His presence in our life. And we are releasing that everywhere we go. It's no more complicated than that. Let me tell you the formula in the New Testament again. Don't get it complicated. Don't become confused. We are seeking. We are receiving. We are releasing. We are seeking, we are receiving, we are releasing. That's the pattern of the New Testament church. For Gen Z, for millennials, for baby boomers, whatever's on the other side of baby boomers, you've been living a long time, congratulations. For wherever we are, that's the plan of God. We, we are not, again, trying to hold on to ideology and cold theology. We are in a current opportunity and need fresh fire. We should be praying what Paul prayed. 
for the church in Ephesus. Turn there. Ephesians chapter 3 and verse number 14. Find that on your device or in your Bible. Ephesians chapter 3. I want to begin reading in verse number 14. For this reason, I kneel before the Father. Paul's praying for this church. Okay? For this, for this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. We're in that family. He said, this is, watch this. What does he pray? I pray that out of his glorious riches, this is his prayer, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Do you know what we should be praying every day? Oh, God, I need some fresh fire today. God, my family needs it. My marriage needs this. My church needs this. Our nation desperately needs this. Do you see how we are to pray? I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. Why? So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love. Are you with me, church? May have power together with all the saints. See, we're going to have to have Holy Spirit understanding to do this. To grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge. Did you get that? How do you know something that surpasses knowledge? The whole work of the Holy Spirit is to lift you and I above ourselves and connect us with God to tap us into something that we can't attain with human ability. Is anybody with me? He, he says there is a knowing of God. There is an encountering of God. There is an understanding of God that surpasses human intellect. It comes through the revelation of the Holy Spirit in your life. It comes through a relationship. Anybody with me? You see the superlatives in this prayer? What, I, what I'm wanting us to see, what I want you to grasp with me today is that God's intent and plan for your walk with Him today is not cold and old. It is fresh. It is vital. It is growing. It is dynamic. Is anybody with me right now? That you may be filled, look at this, to the measure of all the fullness of God. That you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. We carry Him in us. We carry the fire in us. And then look at verse 20. Man, everybody loves this verse, but I had to get you there. <laughs> How do we get there? How does this happen? How does this become a reality when you go to work tomorrow? See, I don't want us to have theoretical religion. We need real faith. So, so working our way through this prayer, look at this last two verses. Now to him. Now. Now to him who is able. Come on, say he's able. To just get you through the next day. To just get you to hold on. To just get us to keep a history. We can't have it. We can't be it. We can't do it. But we, we, can, we can have sweet by and by. Listen. Watch this. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more. Immeasurably more. Than all we ask. Than all we imagine. According to what his power. That is at work within us. We can have fresh fire. We can have fresh fire. To him be glory in the church 
and in Christ Jesus through all generation forever and ever. Amen. Is it okay that I'm lifting up something for us today? Is it okay that I'm stirring up something for us today? Fresh fire. Can I tell you, according to these verses, and every one of us in this room, everyone hearing this message, every believer on this planet, there is a knowing inside of us. There is a longing inside of us if we will recognize it and feed it and acknowledge it, that God will lift you to a new place in your spiritual journey. There's more to us than we know about. Can I tell you who the church in America is today? Can I tell you who we are according to Scripture? We're a battleship sitting in an aquarium somewhere. We don't know who we are. We're a battleship sitting around in an aquarium. We're big. We're bad. We're the devil's worst nightmare. We got weapons nobody knows about. We can do things we've never tried. There's potential in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ that we've never even touched. We've never even asked for. We've never even imagined. Do you know we don't know who we are yet? We don't have any idea. There's no comparison. I'm telling you, we're sitting here with this fire that God wants to refresh in a daily basis. We, we can see revival in this nation. We can see prodigal sons and daughters come to the, to the Lord. We can see signs, wonders, and miracles. You can see in your own journey. You don't have to hide a sin. You can be delivered from that sin. We don't have to excuse a habit. We can be set free from that habit. We don't have to water down Christianity to some modern day experience. You can have and live and be everything this Bible says you can be. You can be the Christian you always wanted to be. You can be the Christian the devil feared you could be. Fresh fire. Light something in us, God. Light something in it. See, so, so how do we continue with this fresh fire? All of us have, know what it's like to have those moments where you're on fire. I hope you have. I hope you. I pray you have, as a Christian, done more than just repeated some words and signed a card. I pray you've had an encounter with God that quickened your soul, that made your heart beat, <laughs> that, 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 that raised something inside of you. But how do we walk in that? Because we have up days and down days, let's be honest. We have days where we don't feel God. Aren't you thankful that it, I wasn't saved by emotions, I was saved by faith? How many are thankful on the days I don't feel Him, He still got me? Huh? Aren't you thankful for that? We're going to have those kind of days. We're going to have some crises in our life. We're going to have some, some, some trauma. We're going to face some things. We, we live in a real world with a real devil and crazy people. And we make some bonehead choices too sometimes. Tell the truth. If you don't say man, say oh me at least. Come on. How many would like to have a redo on some days in your life? Yeah. We, so we, we have life coming at us fast and furious. But what I'm telling you is we have the God who created the universe living in us. And the word says, greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. So how do I reignite the flame? How do we walk in that? It's reachable. It's attainable. It's not just for apostles and prophets and pastors and teachers and evangelists. It's attainable for us. It's reachable for us. How do we do that? Well, there's a theme that goes through 
the New Testament about this very thing we're discussing here. Let, let's look in 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy, the, the first chapter. Paul's speaking to a young pastor. He's speaking to his, one of his protégés, one of his sons in the faith, a pastor, a man called into fivefold ministry. And I want you to see there's a theme of how we reignite the flame of the Holy Spirit in our lives. This is what he says to him. 2 Timothy chapter 1, pardon me, in verse number 5. He says, Timothy, he says, I have been reminded of your sincere faith. As I pray for you, Timothy, I think about your faith. And he says, when I think of you, uh, he says, that faith first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. Come on, thank God for generational impact. Come on, somebody said, somebody ought to thank God for grandma today. Thank God for grandma. Man, my grandmother Sawyer, my father's mother, woo, she brought us into this fire. Brought us in. Just a miracle. I don't have time to go through it, but my, my father's older sister, when she was a three-year-old, family wasn't in church. Her name's uh, my, my Aunt Polly. She's in heaven. Uh, her name was Pauline. And they named, they said named after somebody in the silent movies. Was there some character, some Pauline? She was some, anyway, named after somebody. I don't know. I wasn't there. But so one day she came up to her mother's skirt and pulled on her dress and said, want to go to church. Want to go to church. Mother looked down at her and said, what are you talking about? This little three and four, want to go to church. So my grandmother went to church, and she was in that first wave in, in the state of Arkansas that Azusa Street Revival hit that state. My grandmother got saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit back in the 1920s. My dad said he would be walking home from school. It embarrassed him back in the 20s because there was no AC. The windows were up. He said when you turned the corner walking on this street, he could hear his mother praying and calling out to God. And she had a prayer partner. Check this out. In the 1920s when nobody talked about integration yet. And her prayer partner was a little African-American lady who had had the same experience she had. And she would come to my white grandmother's house in the white neighborhood in, a, in, in, in the deep south. And they would pray the paint off the walls in that house. And, 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 and she launched us into that. Oh, my dad ran from it, but he couldn't. He, see, he married my mom. See, there got my grandmother. Then my, my married my mom. So he married him a little girl, didn't go to church. You know, he, he went out among the Philistines and got him a, a wife. You know, like Samson. But the problem was my mother was around her mother-in-law about six weeks and got saved and baptized in the Holy Spirit. And then my dad moved my mother uh, to Dallas, Texas to get away from all those crazy Pentecostals. And, but, my, but my mother started going to a church in Dallas, Texas that was pastored by my wife's grandfather. And my dad could run, but he couldn't hide. And finally in Dallas, Texas, my dad in a tent meeting on the sawdust bowed and got saved. And then he got baptized in the Holy Spirit. See, there's a faith that will start somewhere down deep. And if you hang on, Grandma, and you hang on, Mom, and you believe this thing, there's a faith. Whew. My God. 
He said, now, Timothy, I know you're from good faith stock. <laughs> he said, I know your lineage. I know what's being passed down to you, son. And he said, I need to tell you something. See, I'm going somewhere with this. He, he, he says to him now, he says, for this reason, go, go to verse 6. For that reason, I've seen your faith. I know where you come from. I know what God did to get you here. Anybody listen to what I'm saying? But he said, you still got to have some fresh fire. It's still not enough. You can't live on grandma's fire. We can't be a church that just talks about what we used to do. We can't be a Christian that says, well, my grandma was a Christian and my mother was a Christian. Listen to me. God doesn't have any grandchildren. He only has children. Did you hear what I just said? God doesn't have any grandchildren. He only has children. Mama's not going to get you there. Grandma's not going to get you there. Grandma's face not going to do it. And mama's fire is not going to do it. We need some fresh fire. So he said, Timothy, I got to tell you something. I know you're a pastor. And I know there's Christians all around you. But I need to tell you for this reason, I remind you. See, we're talking about fresh fire. Fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hand. For God did not give us a spirit of timidity. See, he said, Timothy, listen, I know you're a pastor, but you're losing your edge. I know you're a pastor. I know you've got theology. I know you've got a call. But he said, you're backing up, son. You're compromising, son. You're losing your edge, son. You don't have the fire, son. You've got to stir something up, son. Anybody listening to your pastor today? Somebody's got to do it. If I don't do it, who's going to do it? You're not going to get it on the internet. You're not going to get it on your Facebook. You're not going to get it on Instagram. You're not going to TikTok it unless you do something while I'm up here. But I'm going to tell you today, lazy, half-hearted, cold Christianity is not in your Bible. So I want to tell you what Paul told Timothy. You've got to fan something, son. You've got to stir something, son. You've got a flame and it almost has burned down. I'm sorry I'm preaching like that. No, I'm not really not sorry I'm preaching like that. I'm holding back if you can believe it. Because I know some of you never heard anything like this. I'll scare you to death. See, he said, Timothy, you, you've got to do something about this. I often prayed. I read this scripture and I almost got it right. And I would pray, God, fan the flame in me. God, stir the flame in me. And one day the Holy Spirit said, you didn't read it right. I said, excuse me? You didn't read it right. He said, I told you to do that. So I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. Timothy, fan the flame. Boy, that's what he said. I got to fan the flame. I have to stir the gift. I got to understand there's something God wants to do. Come on, I got to keep moving. Uh, Romans 12, 11. Have mercy, Lord. Romans 12, 11. Why in church does time move like a race? See, that's the difference. How do you know? Hey, yeah. How do you know you're saved? Before I was saved, the longest hour in my life was church. Come on. Some of you already think you've been in here a century. Some of you here right now think you're about to get old and retire before I'm through. <laughs> and then there's some other folks that every time I say, that's it, you're like, oh, we should preach some more. Not because I'm so good, because God's so good, right? You understand? <laughs> That's, that's the acid test. If, if it's the longest hour of your life, you need to get saved. 
If it flies by and you can't even keep up with it, you've been saved. Okay. <laughs> All right. Let's look at Romans chapter 12 and verse 11. Romans 12, 11. Look at this thing. There's a theme of fresh fire. Do you see that? In, in, in the New Testament, Romans 12, 11. Look at just this one verse. I'm, I'm getting there. Romans 12, 11. I love this. He says here, here, here here's this just in, in, a, in a bullet point. Never be lacking in zeal. Never be lacking in zeal. I believe the King James uses the word fervent. Be fervent. Never be lacking in zeal. But look at this. Keep your spiritual fervor serving the Lord. Never be lacking in zeal. There's a reason for that. It's not just because we're all excited and we have a good service. No, there's a reason that he tells us that. It's not just for Sundays. It's for living. Never be lacking in zeal. But keep your spiritual fervor. This, this word zeal, the Greek word the Holy Spirit chose to use in this passage, translated English for us, literally means to be hot or boiling. Never stop boiling. You know how you stop boiling? When you take it off the fire. <laughs> you know how you start boiling? Put it back on the fire. It's not that complicated. We seek, we receive, we release. How do I fan the flame? I've got to get on some fire. <laughs> I've got to get in the presence of God. I have to begin to draw near to Him. I need to get back over to the original flame. Never be lacking in zeal. Don't stop boiling. The, the, the picture, if it's liquid, it's boiling. If it's solid, it's flaming. It's like looking in that furnace where steel is being formed. That glow, that boil, that glow. Fresh Fire. Come on, let's go to Revelation 3.15. I'm, I'm just taking you on a little journey here. I want you to see Scripture, everything verified, backed up with Scripture. Revelation 3.15. See, it's a theme. It's a theme in the New Testament. The importance of fresh fire, zeal, boiling, stir it, kick up the flame, Timothy. Look, look at Revelation 3, verse 15. A letter to a church written by the Apostle John on the Isle of Patmos. God gave him revelation about seven churches he had been overseeing as an apostle. And he sends a letter. Boy, this one wasn't exciting. But God sends him a letter. Uh, revelation 3, beginning in verse 15. Watch this theme of fresh fire. Verse 15, he says, I know your deeds... That you're neither hot nor cold. He said, you're, he said you're, you're doing things. But he said, your heart's what I'm concerned about. Okay. See, I know your deeds that you are neither hot nor cold. Look at this. I wish you were either one or the other. Do, do, do you realize? Let, let me read one more verse. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to spit you out of my mouth. You know that God said to the church, I'd rather you just be cold and admit it. Then act like everything's okay and you become lukewarm. You know why? Because it's deceptive. It's, it, it's usually not intentional. Is everybody with me? It happens by attrition. It happens gradually. He said lukewarm's more dangerous than cold. When you're cold, at least you know it. <laughs> they said, I'd rather you be hot. I'd rather you keep your zeal. I'd rather you be fanning the flame. But see, lukewarm is deceptive. Lukewarm is accepting a normal that's nauseating to God. 
Could it be the modern church is drifting into a place of lukewarm without being aware of it? Well, the only thing we must do is put it back on the fire. See, to become lukewarm means that at least you were once boiling, but you've been absent from the presence of God. You've been absent from that which keeps you fresh in your flame. See, see, lukewarm uh, is, is an issue of proximity and exposure. What does that mean? It means I haven't been in the proximity of the presence of God. It means that I've gone through the motions, but I haven't let my heart go there. It means that I have been through the rituals, but I don't have the relationship. It means that I haven't been close enough to God for Him to do something. I can't. I didn't start the fire. We read God sent the fire, but I can return to the fire. I can access the fire. That's the presence of God. See, so what happens in this lukewarm state where we're, that's why I said never be lacking in zeal. It's not just something, as I said, to be all excited to have a good church service. It's a lifestyle because in the absence of the fresh fire, what happens? Lukewarm begins to happen. The danger of being lukewarm is that now, listen to me, in the absence of the presence of God, we've begun to fill the void with counterfeits. We begin to not recognize the counterfeits. We begin to mix the holy with the unholy. We begin to mix our passion for God with passion for other things. And we drift into this place unintentionally, Gradually, not where we want to be. So what happens? Are everybody with me? So what happens in that lukewarm place? What happens in the absence of the presence of God in our life? Is that we begin to try to live the Christian life in our own ability. We begin to try to do it ourselves. Because you have the head knowledge, but you don't have the power to make it happen. So we counterfeit. We substitute. We, 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 we begin to try to do these things. Think of what happens without the strength of God. So how do we without His strength? How do we without what only God can supply live this life? We say it's a Christian life. We, we, we begin to do it ourselves. So in, instead of having the peace that passes all understanding, I try to let chemicals bring me peace. Instead of, instead of having the security that comes from knowing I am a child of God. I am a friend of God. He knows me by name. His angels surround me. I'm under Psalm 91. I dwell in the shelter of the Most High. I rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I don't fear the terror of night or the arrow that flies by day. I have no fear of the pestilence that comes in the, that stalks at the noontime or the plague that destroys in the dark the coronavirus because his angels have been commanded to pick me up in their hands and they guard me in all the steps of my way. But if I don't have that, then my security comes from people and possessions and their counterfeits and substitutes and I'm mixing something in and I'm losing the fire of God. God will bless you with everything you need, but he won't give you something that will take his place. So we keep trying to do what that Bible tells us to do without the power to fulfill it. 
and it's counterfeit. So we try to have a good marriage, but we don't want to give our heart to God. And we become cold in our spirit. And so we try to love our spouse the way Christ loves us. And without the love of Christ on fire in my heart, I can't love the way Christ loved me. So we go to self-help and we read the books and I'm for books and, and we do all the things. But my friend, if you and I don't have the ability of God in us to do it, we can't do it. And then we find our nation gripped in the throes of racism and prejudice again and we think that we're going to solve that age old human problem. Racism and prejudice is sin. S-I-N. It comes from hell. It abides and listen to me. It is in your fallen nature. And we try to act like we love each other and get along with each other and put a face on it. But I want to tell you something. Until the nature of God Almighty has invaded my spirit and I've been made new, I'm not going to do what I'm supposed to do. But when Jesus gets in me and I find the love of God, then you don't have to take me through a political correctness class. I don't have to have training. You don't have to tell me what to do because if I love him I love who he loves I love what he loves I love how he loves it's just who we are it's the power of the Holy Spirit and if you have prejudice and you have uh, racism and injustice and fear and insecurity you need a fresh dose of fire that will set you free We've substituted politics for prayer in the church. And look where that has gotten us. We need some fire. We need fresh fire. You change the nature and you'll change the actions. We go to church every week and try to train sinners how to act like Christians. We're afraid to preach the cross and the fire of the Holy Spirit. You might as well train a dog not to bark. It's his nature. Sinners are going to sin. Sinners are going to hate. Heathen are going to lie. (laughs) But you take the person farthest away from God. Power of the Holy Spirit walks in. Everything changes. Everything changes. We need fresh fire. We need fresh fire. God's fresh fire for your church. Let's go to Acts chapter 4. I'm going to have to... Pull the plug on this thing here. <laughs> I'm just going to parachute out because the plane's not ready to land yet, but we'll just jump. Revelation, I'm sorry, Acts chapter 4. Turn there with me. We need some fresh fire. We need some people sitting on some fire that gets too uncomfortable to stay where they are. Well, <laughs> I'm praying your seat gets so hot you can't stay there. <laughs> Some things need to change, don't they? And I want to start with me. I got no fingers to point. I'm just hungry. I'm just hungry. I want fresh fire. This morning before the sun came up in my house, I prayed, God, baptize me in the Holy Spirit again. God, baptize me again. I look at what I'm supposed to do as your pastor. What I need to do as a husband, a father, grandfather. My God. I need fresh fire. I need fresh fire. God, do it. God, do it. See, it's the pattern. Do you see the pattern? If you read the New Testament, it's not one-time experiences. 
It's not a checked it off on my list. It's a daily lifestyle. Go to Acts chapter 4, please, verse 23. You know what happened that set this moment up? Acts 2, they're baptized in the Holy Spirit. Acts 3, Peter and John pray and a lame man healed. He goes running through the temple. <laughs> and so the political religious leaders say, Dear God, I thought we killed Jesus. I thought we got rid of him. And you know what it says when they interviewed him? Come on, come on, come on. Said so they could tell these men had been with Jesus. Woo. <laughs> Is that anything better that can be said about you? They bring you and sit you down and say, you tell me how you did that. What did you do? How? Said, said, my Lord, these guys have been with Jesus. They've been hanging out with Jesus. We killed him and now they're doing the same thing he did. Mm-hmm. We're the body of Christ. We're not the museum. We're the body of Christ. We're not, you know, I've been to Moscow, walked by and saw Stalin, all whatever, you know, uh, what do they do? Preserve the body, sitting there. He was as ugly then as he was the other pictures I've seen of him. <laughs> We're not corpses. For people to walk around and say, look what Jesus did. We're the body of Christ. This is who he is. Miracles happen. So they bring them in, arrest them, threaten them, beat them. So you better not ever preach again. You better not ever pray for anybody again. You better let this Jesus thing go. Now, they've just been baptized in the Holy Spirit in Acts 2, right? We're just over here in Acts 4. Let's start verse 23. On the release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said to them. I just told you that. So what did they do? Call their congressmen? Go out and march around? <laughs> Lay their hand on the TV? When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer. Tell you, we've substituted politics for prayer. Politics is not going to heal this nation. God's going to heal this nation. Politics aren't going to bring a revival to the church. So they started praying. And I love their prayer. Sovereign Lord, you made the heaven and the earth and the sea and everything in them. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. I like it. They know the word. Look at them praying the word. Why do the nation rage and the people's plot in vain? The kings of the earth take their stand and the rulers gather together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus whom you anointed. him. And they just praying and right. Look, watch this. They did whatever your power and will decided beforehand should happen. In other words, they said, you didn't lose your control. You didn't lose this thing. God, we know you're sovereign. Now watch this. Now, Lord, consider their threats. They didn't pray for protection. They, they didn't even pray, God, kill them. Come on. You know you prayed some of those prayers. Don't look at me that way. Kill them, God. <laughs> consider their threats. Look at their prayer. God, enable, empower, fan the flame, God. We need some fresh fire, God. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Whoa, whoa, that's what got them in trouble. And their prayer was, we need some fire to do it again. Come on, give me somebody like that. Jesus. Enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs. My God, that's why they got thrown in jail the first time. 
What do they pray? They don't pray God kill them. They don't pray this and that. They say, God, enable us. Fire us. Put your glory in us. That we'll boldly speak your word. That more people get healed. God, great boldness. Stretch out your hand. Heal. Perform miracles, signs, and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. When you pray like that, for fire like that, then you get this. After they pray, not before they pray. After they pray. Someone say after. The place where they were meeting was shaken. And the Holy Spirit... And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Come on, stand on your feet. Worship team, join me. Come on, stand, stand, stand. Come on, let's stand. Listen, listen, listen. What we need is fresh fire. The answer to what you're struggling with, the compromise, the lukewarmness. We, 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 I had some more I wanted to say. We, when we lose the, the, the boldness, that his fire enables us to live this word, we're going to begin to substitute counterfeits. We're going to begin to plug in things that are really just mixtures with the purity of what God really wants to do. Your pastor needs fresh fire today. This church needs fresh fire today. This nation is desperate for a church full of fresh fire. May God help us. May God Changes. May God give us hunger. Today, church, we simply need to present ourselves. I want to challenge you. You say, well, you know, I, I don't know about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, get to know it. Well, somebody said they'll speak in tongues. Yeah, God will help you pray above yourself. But prayers you couldn't pray. He did it then. He does it now. God help us. God help us. God empower us. God baptize us. Would you... Begin to pray that with me right now. Would you ask that from the Lord? Were you willing? How, let me ask you this question. How many of you love God? I'm going to wait till I see the response. I'm going to look from here to here. How many of you love God? Okay, put your hand down. How many of you trust God? Do you trust Him? He says in His Word, if you earthly father is being evil, if your son asks him for a fish, you don't give him a stone. Or, or, or a snake. If you ask him for bread, you don't give him a rock. How much more your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Do you believe if you say, Jesus, baptize me in the Holy Spirit, you can trust Him to do that? you believe you trust Him? you believe He's in charge when you pray that prayer? you believe if you simply say, God, I, I'm learning about this, but if it's you, I want it. you believe that God will give you what you ask for? you believe He's big enough God to watch over you, take care of you, do what's good, do what His Word says? I believe that. I want worship team to come sing that last song. I want you where you are to create an altar. Now, in the Old Testament, the altar wasn't an altar unless some fire was on it. God, you deserve the glory. If I allow, if I, if, if I receive the gift of salvation, if Jesus is my Savior, would you trust Him to be your baptizer in the Holy Spirit? Would you, would you pray those prayers with me over these next few weeks until something happens where you walk out and say, I've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. You can connect with us live each Wednesday and Sunday through our social media pages. If today's message has blessed you, please rate and review us so that more people can hear this message of Christ. Find out more about Calvary on our website at calvaryassembly.org.